Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Don't be afraid to fail because you're not really failing. How bad is that pickle going to taste? I mean, you're the one that put the ingredients in. And also when you're putting ingredients in the pickles, less is best. If you put too much in, you can't take it out. I'm Talia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, yes, you can. We are getting a crash course in how to can and pickle our own food. In this age of digital everything, sometimes it's just nice to work with your hands. You know, bake a loaf of bread, knit a sweater, curate your own cottagecore aesthetic. In that vein, we at the pod have been curious about canning food. And we're not alone. We recently reached out on social media to learn what listeners wanted to know about canning. And for answers, we turned to John Barbie. He's the owner of Tip Top Canning Company. Through his Tampa-based business, John sells pickles, mustards, jams, and fruit butters. He also offers in-home canning and pickling classes. I met up with John recently at Pickford's Sundries. It's a historic lunch counter and gift shop in West Tampa. It's very cool, by the way. They sell some of John's products there. In our conversation, John explains the difference between canning and pickling. He shares the health benefits of both suggests foods to pickle, and goes over the basic equipment you need to start canning food at home. Big thanks to listener Kenya Woodard for suggesting John as a guest. My grandfather owned a grocery store called Tip Top Grocery Store, and that's why I'm named Tip Top Canning. And when he retired from the grocery store, he was making sausage. He moved his sausage making from the grocery store to his house. So I started going there when I was like eight and nine to, you know, helping him make sausage. And after we would mix all the meat before we stuffed it, we'd stop for lunch and he would pan fry some sausage and then put that on some white bread. And then he would deglaze the pan with this Sicilian mojo that his mother used to make that my grandmother like kind of perfected. And then she, he would add a little bit of yellow French's mustard to it. And then he'd put that on the sausage and I would eat like a little sandwich of white bread sausage and this Sicilian mustard and a little glass of wine. And at eight years old, that was like my favorite lunch. Oh you know, my gosh. Like, I loved it. And that recipe just stuck in my head. And that pretty much like I started uh, my company based on that recipe. When I grew up and my grandfather decided he didn't want to make that sausage anymore, the uh, the family kind of like reminded me I'm the only one that knows that recipe. So I started a sausage company. I grew it pretty large and, you know, I was making from 50 pounds a month, I was making 400 pounds a month. And I was, I brought my uncle in and we built a little sausage room in his garage and we were making sausage out of that little kitchen. And we were selling it to just restaurants and, and families throughout Tampa that always bought sausage from my grandfather. And eventually I could not deal with that anymore. I had to get a job that had a paycheck. 
my uncle and my cousin took over, and my cousin pretty much he took the ball and not only ran with it, but he scored the touchdown and the field goal, and he opened up his own place called the Boozy Pig. So if you want that sausage I'm talking about, go over there. And so your cousin is Andrew Andrew Tambuso, who was a guest guest a few years back. And when he opened up his restaurant, um, when he was getting ready to open a Boozy Pig, he was making all the ham and salami and pork and pastrami for his sandwiches in-house. And he was getting locally made bread and locally grown vegetables. And you can't just put Miracle Whip and Frenches on that. That just ruins it. So the first thing was the sausage sandwich. And what I wanted to do was make a nice mustard for that. So that's how I started my business. That little recipe where my grandfather deglazed the pan with that Sicilian mustard and it put the yellow mustard in it was my Sicilian mustard oh, recipe. Oh, wow. Okay, you're holding it up here. Yeah, it's a little is, jar of Tip Top Canning Company Sicilian mustard. So this was your first product. This was this is my flagship item. This was this is my grandmother's Sicilian mojo infused into a whole grain mustard. Oh, so the man. seeds are whole and they pop in your mouth. And I even have a sample here Ooh, for if you want to like yes, it a little. Yes, please. Uh, what year was this that you came up with the mustard? Um, this was made, okay. oh, um, I started developing this recipe in January of 2016, and I perfected it in August. Because oh, wow. it took me that many months to actually learn how to make mustard. Okay, you're stirring it. It's I'm so thick. It. It's like no, it's a... Mustard. It's like a brown mustard color like a little like a khaki color almost i don't think i've ever had mustard without something just plain okay here we go let's let's try that right there there's a serving suggestion Mm. in the jar it said pair this with the italian sausage from the boozy pig oh i love that so there you go keep it in the family yeah absolutely that is good it is tart yeah, it's good I do. don't know that I would like drink a gallon of it on its own. <laughs> I don't own, blame you. I wouldn't but on either. A sandwich perfection. So I had to make um, the Cuban sandwich, the pickle and the mustard, and he has mayonnaise on it. So I wrote a recipe for him. He he does a um, mayonnaise with uh, his tallow, which is a beef fat, and his pork fat is all and infused into the eggs from the from a local farmer. Wow. So that's how his mayonnaise is. And, and then I made a yellow dill pickle mustard. Uh-huh. And I made a dill pickle. And the dill pickles are, these are these are made to go on a Cuban sandwich. The fennel and the peppercorns and the dill, everything in here is supposed to match all the meats on a Cuban sandwich. Okay. And then this brine that's in here also makes the yellow dill pickle mustard. So, wow. And I do put a serving suggestion in, uh, on every jar. And this, is, this sounds crazy, but put it on a peanut butter sandwich. And I have some little tea sandwiches Oh, my here gosh. Little, little tea peanut sandwiches. butter with pickles. And, you think they're having this at, like, Buckingham Palace today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they were cool, they were. Will it, Kate? Oh, my gosh. That actually does look good. It, it so is you, And the way you cut it up and made it small, and it's like each slice has one little dill yeah, pickle yeah. slice, and then you put it in a skewer. Yeah, you don't have to eat it now because... And you don't want to be licking peanut butter off the top of your No, I, I feel like mouth, we should eat it. Uh, yeah, we, we me, talked about let's it. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. Here, cut, you cut take right a piece, in. I'll take a piece. I've never had peanut butter and pickle. This feels like something a pregnant woman would crave. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. And they're pretty oh, yummy. Okay, so well. Here we go. Hmm. Mmm. That actually. Right? The crunch is really nice. I put I use crunchy peanut butter, so there's a little textural thing in there. Mm-hmm. We got the the peanuts and the pickle and the soft bread and oh, that's 
I was expecting to like hate it mm -hmm. and do the fake thing where I pretend everyone like, does. But actually, that's really good, and I wish I could just stop this interview and eat the whole thing right well, now. I, I made some extra for after. That. <laughs> okay, it'll be a little we snack for later. Okay, <laughs> basic question: What is the difference between canning and pickling? So what you see here, these are these are canned pickles. So they've been put into jars. I put a lid on them. I have a certain amount of um, acidity to them, like a pH balance, and then I heated them up. I pretty much pasteurize them. So you can you could do it different ways. You can put them in pressure canners. You can put it in a water bath and boil the water. And and what it does that heats up everything inside, expanding everything. And then when you take it out, as it cools, it sucks the lid down and preserves it and seals it. Pickling is what you see here. This is a, a plastic container of pickle. You can use glass or plastic. Uh, this is just the cucumber with the brine and everything inside. And you put this in your refrigerator. Okay. This is, now, this is a refrigerator pickle. Before the refrigerator pickles, every pickle were sours. And sour pickles are fermented. So it's just a saltwater brine, and you let them sit out for like eight, eight to ten days. And they form like they have that sour taste. And then there's also half sours only sit out like five days or something like that. But this is um, this has the vinegar. This has the apple cider vinegar and and the salt. There's a little sugar. Um, and this is and, and even with the other one with the, that salt. Uh, the, the, the sours, those are fermented, so those are good for your cut. This has the vinegar in it, so this is good for, like, cramping. Um, that's why you see, like, like, these athletes that drink pickle juice. It's great for that. It has tons of electrolytes. So, and, ah. and when you pickle vegetables, um, like, if you buy any, uh, like, a five-pound bag of broccoli and you eat four pounds and then you always end up throwing one pound away, well... Pickle two of those. You can do that. Just put them in a pickle brine, put them in your refrigerator, and what happens is the salt pulls all the moisture out, making the nutrients of the broccoli concentrated. So it, it's you know you have your higher concentrates of broccoli or the, the vitamins and minerals that are inside the broccoli that you eat, and that preserves it. It lasts in your refrigerator for you know a couple weeks. Okay, and then what would you do with pickled broccoli? Like put it on a salad, maybe? Put it in a salad. Eat it cold right out of the jar. It's awesome. Okay. And you can do all kinds of flavors. Do a sesame ginger broccoli. Just, you know, it's, it's like a recipe is a paint by numbers. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> you so, know, so just have fun with it. So reviewing the difference between canning and pickling. Canning mm -hmm. is, is more of a process, and those are the ones that are in the glass jar. Right. And pickling is like when I take some carrots and throw them in a half-empty pickle jar while right. I make tacos, and then I yeah. sprinkle the pickled carrots Abs on top of the Absolutely. Tacos. Okay. You know, so, and, and if you see in the grocery store, the canned pickles are on the, the aisle. The refrigerator pickles, you find them in the, the deli area inside the cooler. So, and it's not, like, sealed. See, these are sealed. You can see, like, the lids pulled down on gotcha. them. Gotcha. So that would have that popping sound right. if we opened it. Right, Okay. Exactly. So during the pandemic, we all got into our culinary experiments. Mm -hmm. I made um, soft pretzels. Sourdough bread With my makers. kids. <laughs> and then at one point, we made dog biscuits because we're like, we can't just keep Fun. making stuff and eating it. Like, we, we want the experience of making something, but we don't want to eat it. So right. we made dog biscuits and we passed them out to all the neighborhood pets. Yes. Did a lot of people get into canning during the pandemic? Um, they should have. <laughs> 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 if they, you know, it's there's a thing like you know it's funny how you mentioned dog food because 
I, I notice like a lot of my neighbors are always, their trash cans are always out on the street. I very rarely throw away trash because I utilize all of my food. All the scraps that I, that I cut off my vegetables, you can cook those down and mix them with all the fat you cut off your meats and you can make dog food with that. You oh. know, it's like dogs and, you know, sweet potatoes, skins. If you peel your sweet potatoes, you can cook those down and throw them in your dog food. That's make, a good like, point. Max, your, yeah, I'm so like, sorry. I have not been <laughs> treating you well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it's like all these vegetables that you buy at the grocery store and you're by yourself in the pandemic. I mean, I know you're not eating all this food yourself, you know. Sometimes we throw away a lot of food, you know. We have too much food. That's why we throw it all away. But pickle it, you know. Very it, true. You know, you don't, even if you don't go out and buy a canner or a, a water bath or a pressure canner, pickle it. You know? Just throw it in a container, put it in your refrigerator, have a nice little snack. Okay, now besides besides being sustainable because we're not wasting as many food scraps, what are some other benefits of pickling, say making my own pickles versus buying the pickles that are already at the store? Well, um, one price, that right there. When you buy from the grocery store, uh, something that you can make at home, you're, you're paying people to do that. You know, it's just like going to a restaurant and buying a grilled chicken breast, it's easier to just buy it at the, at the store and grill it yourself. So that's one benefit. The uh, second benefit, of course, is, is sustainability. We mentioned that. A lot of people, have, like if they have cramps, these are great for cramps. The electrolytes, they're also good for digestion. They're high in vitamins and minerals. So there are some health benefits to eating pickles. And it's great to just, if you do it yourself, you can control the sodium content if you pickle them yourself. Like I was showing you earlier, this jar right here uh, says 250 milligrams per serving. There's 28 servings. There's like over 7,000 milligrams of salt in that jar. Okay, and that's a store-bought jar. Right. And then in mine, I don't, there's I actually I don't put the salt in the brine. I actually measure the salts and the sugars and the monk fruit into every jar individually. So I know for a fact there's only 400 milligrams of salt in my entire jar. Okay. So I don't even put the the serving size in there because a lot of the people that open up my jar they'll eat the whole jar. I guess so. <laughs> and and I didn't miss the salt when I tasted right. the mustard and the pickle there's sandwich. There's plenty in there. There's there's plenty. there's plenty of salt to go around. And actually, I posted on Facebook that I would be speaking with you and I asked if people had questions and I got a comment from my colleague Jane Simon who said I like canning and pickling because it really does let you customize what you want right. like when I make jam I use half of the sugar exactly so a lot of people are either into this or looking to get into this can you give us the bare bones what we need because you said we could save money, right. but I know that sometimes people start a hobby and it costs them money because they just buy everything. Right, right. Just, well, one, if you're going to start pickling, I suggest uh, you don't need to buy all the material. Just start with refrigerator pickles. The easiest way to refrigerator pickle is if you have a leftover jar of, like, some, say, some plastic, you can just throw some stuff in it. And, and you reuse that brine. Now, you also know that there's a lot of salt in that brine. So I always recommend to people go to Google and find a pickle recipe. Look at the amount of salt that's in there and cut it back by a tablespoon. You know, cut it back by a teaspoon. You know, just cut them down a little bit and then put it in your refrigerator and see if it's too salty or not salty enough after about a week. Just keep testing it. Don't be afraid to fail because you're not really failing. Like, how bad is that pickle going to taste? I mean, you know, you, you're the one that put the ingredients in. And also when you're putting ingredients in the pickles, less is best. 
If you put too much in, you can't take it out, right? There's no salt remover in the restaurant business. So you can't put, you know, you can always add salt. You just can't take it away. Right. So remember that part. So uh, less is best. Do experiments. If you're looking for a recipe, find five recipes for that same idea. And then find, you know, the happy medium between all five recipes. That's what I do. If I'm ever stuck on a recipe, I'll look up what other people are doing and I'll take like the highlights of each different recipe and I'll create my own. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. But a lot of times I can't find recipes that I like to create because I, I make stuff like chicken and waffle mustards. What? So, yeah. Say it's, more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who make, no one makes chicken and waffle mustard. I have a sweet coffee mustard I just made. So that's, you know, no one makes that. Okay, let's, let's do a deep dive into the chicken and waffle <laughs> mustard. What is in that and what are you putting it on? <laughs> So I did, uh, I did that for Thanksgiving one year, uh, like two years ago. I haven't made it since, but I will make it soon. It's chicken stock and vinegar is your base for your mustard. I make it a little soupier than normal, and I make Belgium waffles, and I put those in there. You can even do gluten-free Belgium waffles, and put them in and let them kind of soak up, and you just puree the whole thing up. Whoa. And then I add, I use um, maple syrup as my sweetener, <laughs> and I use Tabasco hot sauce. Simple. Okay, what I thought you were going to say is that you, you dip the waffles in, kind of like you would dip bread to make French toast, oh, but wow. you're actually pureeing. Yeah, the waffle into the mustard. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, <laughs> I do all kinds of just wild things. Uh, you know, it's, it is nuts. Wow, <laughs> you're like a you're like I'm a, a mad, mad scientist. Yes, yes. I, I say I'm, I'm a pickleologist. Pickleologist. I craft these things. Okay, so that <laughs> idea of starting with pre-made pickle brine and just tossing in some other veggies yep. seems very doable. It's low cost. You could even do it with kids. There's no yep. cooking. There's no heat involved. If we're ready to go to the next level and try canning, I had several people asking, what are the basics? What do we need and what are the steps? So your basic is you need a water bath uh, for canning. So basic water bath is you put the, the jars into the container, you, f you cover them with water about an inch over the lid, and you bring it to a boil for 10 minutes. And then you turn it off and you let it sit in hot water for 10 minutes. Then you remove them and you let them sit for about 24 hours and they should all be sealed. So you, um, can I do that with like a pot on the stove? You, you could, but you can't put the lid on it. So if you're doing it with a pot on the stove, because I have done that, I've, I've had sous vide vegetables, uh, cans before, but you put them in a pot and you fill it almost halfway with water with the lid off with the sous vide machine and let's say you bring it, you have to bring it to at least 180 to kill the bacteria in there. Once it's done, you take it out, you put the lid on it and then you store it upside down for about 24 hours. 
And what happens, see how when I turn it upside down, see that air bubble? So what happens when, with the canning process, you're heating everything up to 180, so everything expands, pushing the lid up. But as this air bubble cools, that air will shrink, pulling the lid down. Okay. And sealing the jar. You can see how it's concave, how it's sealed. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, if, if anybody can remember, some a lot of, my grandmother never did it, but a lot of people uh, used to do that. Used to, they always come to me and go, oh, yeah, my grandmother used to can everything that you grew in our garden. And that's, that's it. She used a water bath. I would suggest if you want the crispier vegetables, because you could put calcium chloride in these or you could put uh, stuff like uh, grape leaves or something in there to lower the pH balance. But the best thing to do is to maintain these at 180 degrees for 20 minutes. Okay. And then that will heat it up enough to kill the bacteria, seal the jar, and it won't overcook your cucumbers or your broccoli or anything like that. Okay, so we need jars. You need we jars. We need a thermometer. You need, you need a th- a, like a candy thermometer works. But if you don't want to use the candy thermometer, when your water's boiling, it's hot enough. <laughs> That's the old school way. Just boil the water, keep it in the boil the water for um, 10 minutes, and then turn the water off and let it sit on the stove in the hot water for 10 more minutes. Okay, so Jessica and Jane both asked about sanitizing the jar. Yes. How do we do that? So what you would do is you boil the water, and you put the jars in the boiling water, and you need a jar, like there's a jar clamp. You take the jars out, you put them on a clean uh, surface, so you have to sanitize the surface, you have to sanitize uh, the jars, lids, you boil them all. It's just basically boiling them. Now the USDA has said that you don't have to sanitize your jars if you have them cooking in 180 degree water for 20 minutes. That will do it. That will do it. So you can actually not just wash them clean without sanitizing them, put your food in there, and then and then do the process for 20 minutes at 180 degrees. Okay. Now, Stephanie wants to know, how serious is the risk of botulism? Um, well, it wiped out Napoleon's army, so it's pretty serious. <laughs> it's, so. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's, it did. It's, that's a very serious. Uh, so doing these, like I'm regulated by the state uh, Department of Agriculture. You can kill people with this. This, If you don't pay attention to what you're doing, you can seriously injure people. Especially with, I see uh, someone asked me the other day about making olive oils. Putting like roasted garlic into olive oil and letting it sit. Um, no, you, you need to heat your olive oil up with the garlic and then immediately strain it as soon as it's cooled. Get that vegetable out of there because that sitting there, there's still enough oxygen in there to make that uh, botulism form. Mm. So you have to be careful with the, if you're not, if you don't have a thermometer and you don't know what 180 degrees is and you're just doing the boiling method, sanitize your jars. Get them cleaned. Okay, so it sounds like we should just take your class. <laughs> you Tell me about your class because several yes. people, including Jessica and a few others, asked, are there classes? Yes, Jessica, there is. If you go to my website, it's uh, tiptopcanning.co is the website. You can go there and there's uh, pickling classes. I do pickling and canning classes. I'll come to your house. I'll have everything pre-cut. I'll bring the containers. I'll bring all the ingredients. All you have to do is provide the 
the people in the in the booze. Ooh, that's it. <laughs> I live in Jessica's neighborhood, so there you I'll go. be one of your people. <laughs> there you go, and I'll be doing. I'm going to be doing an auction. I'm going to be auctioning off a free uh, pickling class here soon. So, oh, have fun! Come on, yeah, Jessica, put in fun. for that. Jessica, there you go. What else can we be canning besides uh, to make pickles? Everything. Well, canning, not everything. I'm sorry, pickling. You can pickle everything, but canning, like you can't can like ripe fruit because oh. it, it will kind of get mushy like like you can pickle avocados in the refrigerator yep but you can't can the avocados because you'll have like a just a mush a jar of brown mush brown mush yeah it'll be gross uh i don't know if it'll be brown i'm gonna be green but <laughs> i might okay. say green but okay. it'll be mush uh like i actually have um pickled mango yeah is what i make and i even brought the mango brine here Ooh. to taste and there's some out on the shelf over there there's pickled mango i actually cut the mangoes green Okay. So I do I do that. I've pickled grapes. I've pickled tomatoes. But you can't have them too ripe. If you pickle them, remember, you're going to be canning them in heat. And if they're ripe, they're going to get mushy. It'll be like mango it, jam. Yeah. So uh, tell me more about mango pickled mango. That sounds kind of good. Well, here, you want to try something? Oh, okay. Okay, so it's yeah. like a, an so orangey liquid. Yeah, it's, it's made with the, the brine is mango nectar. White vinegar, a little bit of sriracha. There's um, ginger, cinnamon, fennel, and black pepper. That sounds good. That's it. What would so you put this on? It's a, just a liquid. It's well, completely liquid. Well, this so the pickled mango. I actually have pieces of mango, and I put those in um, uh, fruit salads. I put them on fried rice. I put them on like pan seared uh, any kind of fatty fish like salmon. Great chocolate ice cream. It goes. Stop. It's, yeah, it's stupid good on chocolate ice cream. It's crazy. I want that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this right here is. I have um, a. What I do is, even though you see a lot of different pickles, I actually only make four pickles, and these are my pickle backers. These are the pickle brines for the four pickles. That I make. What are the four? So this I make is dill Mount, pickles. Your Mount yep. Rushmore. This is. Pickles. These are like yeah. Any anybody that knows anything about culinary arts, they know there's mother sauces. Mm -hmm. These are my mother brines. Okay. I have a dill pickle. Mm -hmm. I have a mango. I have a pepper. Peter's peppers, and I have a balsamic beet. Ooh, it's nice. So it's my it. salty, sweet, spicy, savory, and I actually sell the brines in a gift pack for picklebackers for a pickleback shot. Um, Wait, what is the? You never had a pickleback shot? Well, I'm, a, I'm a church girl from Ohio. Oh, I've never had a pickleback oh, so shot. Church girl is all about wine. But <laughs> <laughs> Listen, every church girl I know drinks whiskey. Oh my gosh, it so, is a bag. Is this a bag of whiskey? It's a little, yeah, yeah a little flask. So okay. we're gonna do a little. So this is um. So a, a pickleback shot is a shot of Jameson whiskey with a shot of pickle juice to chase it, and the salt and vinegar in the pickle juice helps break up the heaviness of the alcohol. So what I do is I make a multi-flavored pickle juice, which is like I said, the the salty, sweet, spicy, savory, and the mango being the sweet one. This you could do with whiskey, but you this is designed to go with like vodkas, rums, coconut rums, and stuff okay. like that, the sweet stuff. Okay. The pepper is great on tequila. Uh, the dill pickle for whiskey, right? And then of course the savory one, the beet. That's for like your bourbons and your gins. And you can also go to my YouTube page and check out all the the drinks. I make a mango margarita with this which Ooh, is phenomenal nice. but I'll let you try the mango okay. the pickled mango here this I'm is, a little nervous this, you don't even have to do it with a shot you I'll, just try the, I the mango I didn't say I wouldn't <laughs> 
So I, I got Jameson whiskey here, but it's better with the Jameson is better with the dill. But okay, so this the, is the mango. Try the mango. All right, first. cheers. Cheers, Tink. Mango. Okay, it smells sour. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pickle brine. It's it's vinegar. It's vinegar, salt, All right, sugars. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? It is sour. It's it's of course it's a pickle brine. It would make a good salad dressing. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine yes. that with maybe a half ounce of agave nectar? Okay. One and a half ounces of vodka. Shake that up real good. Pour it in a martini glass. Ooh, fancy. And mango, mango, um, mango martini. Ma- yeah, mango martini. I like that. So this one is the, this is just a straight dill. We're, we'll just do a little this shot. This is just straight dill. Now, now this one we'll do it with the whiskey. Okay. So you take a shot of the whiskey. Okay. And then you chase it with, oh with the dill pickle juice. Okay, here Tink. we go. Cheers. <laughs> Mm. Oh my gosh! There's a lot going on in my mouth right, right. now. <laughs> now, didn't that didn't that way? As soon as that pickle juice hit your mouth, didn't it like break up that heaviness of it that alcohol? Cooled it off a cooled little bit. Yeah. I mean, my throat is still burning. Oh come on! <laughs> but it cooled it off a little bit. You need more practice. I know. <laughs> I came to the right place. Oh my god! Where are we on my list of questions? <laughs> I don't even know. And I look. I even bought some palate cleansers. This is Ooh, my newest. Uh, this is my blueberry lemon marsala jam. Yes, or it's, it's actually a blueberry lemon marsala butter. Oh, um, so if, if so, good. when someone was saying something about jams, I think it was Jessica or Julie. Or, yeah, we had some questions. Uh, Jane was saying she likes to make her own jam and can it because she can control the sugar. Right. Content. Well, if you instead of doing jams, do fruit butters because you don't have you don't need pectin for fruit butters, and without pectin, you can reduce your sugar extreme amounts so usually like with this this is a flat of blueberries uh that i i got from a local farm and usually with jams it calls for like 12 cups of sugar and pectin well with just this this is this is a flat of blueberries with only two cups of sugar okay no pectin. And it's what? Lots how, of lemon juice. What size is this? Like eight well, ounces? This is a little, so? this is about four ounces. Four ounces. Okay. So so we're going to sample this. It's a nice a dark color, color, like almost mm. black. Okay. Yep. Let's try that. And it's mm. very tart because it's blueberry lemon. I like that. We can, it's not overly sweet. We can add that to the sandwich with the peanut butter you and the can. That, That's Now we're talking. I like that. Let's do it. This was so inspiring. Thank you. I'm going to just grab, I'm going to close my eyes and grab five random <laughs> things out of my fridge and then put and it in a jar. Do it. Right, right. That's what we're going to do. John, thank you so thank much. You. This was I a lot of fun. Thank you. John Barbie owns the Tampa-based Tip Top Canning Company. He mentioned that his cousin is sausage maker Andrew Tambuzo of the Boozy Pig Butchery and Kitchen in Tampa. Now, Andrew was a guest back in 2019. You can find a link to that conversation plus information on John's canning and pickling classes on our website, thezestpodcast.com. And later this season, we'll check in with Andrew to find out what he's been up to. Three words, meat vending machines. I'm Delia Cologne. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023. Part of the NPR Network.